0: Ghostly Thistle presents The Antique Shop. Episode 9 The Opposite I'll just fill this up, because I'm going to need it if I want to tell this story. And it's no apple juice, in case you were wondering. It started yesterday, and has just got worse and worse. I went to the shop, just like normal on a Wednesday, to find as soon as I opened the door, the madam was downstairs, swathed in a wool coat and carrying a leather suitcase. You know the ones ye see in film set during World War Two, exactly like that, except brand new. There wasn't a mark on the leather. No, like the other ones in the shop. This could have been made last year? Before the echo the bell had vanished, anise began to grow. She wasn't alone. The two roasters stood behind the counter, and both were dour faced All of them, Kronos included. Turned to face me as I came in. A tight smile spread across my boss's lips, but it didn't have her usual ease to it. She quickly told me that she had to go somewhere on business, and so she was leaving the fucking shop in my hands. Well, all our hands, but still. This mystery business, the first thing to make her leave the shop by my guess, was never elaborated on. Fucking typical. I began to laugh, but it wasn't my usual laugh. Even I could hear the in of panic. You're taking the piss, I blurted before I could stop myself. The madam didn't look offended that I'd sworn. To me that's no really swearing, but some people are touchy about these things. We are usual nonchalance, she attempted to reassure me that it would be fine. Reed and Finn would stay in the shop when I wasn't there, but according to her, I was the only one who could take over her duties. Christ, she was actually taking the piss. A wee bit more that. Who says three quid wine can't be good? Anyway, like a scared wee bairn, I asked the madam how long she'd be gone for, a pathetic quiver in my voice. I didn't know why I bothered asking. The only thing predictable about the madam knew is her vague answers. She wasn't sure, but it shouldn't be long. My boss threw one last mysterious look to Finn, and then began to move towards where I was standing at the shop door. Was I tempted to hold on to her legs and no let her leave? Fuck I, but I didn't because I'm an adult, apparently. Before she left, she rested her delicate hand on my shoulder and reassured me, as best as she could, that Finn and Reed would be there. That was about as reassuring as a politician's campaign promises. Ever since the two lads arrived, they'd caused nothing but trouble and ruined my quiet time in the shop. She was telling me that I'd be stuck in the shop with just them and on top of that have to deal with her special customers. How the fuck was I supposed to do that? I looked after my boss forlornly as she left the shop, the jangle the bell above the door distant and sad. It sent a reverberating sense of foreboding, swirling round the clutter like an invisible hurricane. I felt someone's arms around my shoulder and geef in a sideways glance. He was grinning, so carefree. And told me not to worry myself. Reed may no have said anything, but I could tell he was as anxious as I was. The next few hours were typically a normal day in the shop. Finn and Reed bickered. Kronos and I played a game of trying to spray the cat. There may no have been any customers, but it still felt as though the madam was up in her rooms, just waiting for one to come in. If I went to the door and creaked my way up the stairs, she'd be there waiting for me. I got to still believe that for a few hours, pretend like nothing had changed. But today had something different in store. I went in, the shop was still standing, and the only person to greet me was Reed. I couldn't help myself and asked him where he'd buried Finn. That earned me a rare cynical, snorty laughter before his face went back to being dour He said Finn had stayed upstairs. This got me thinking. There was definitely something in that look the madam shot him before she left. It reminded me of that look parents give each other after they promise their screaming brat they can have cake for dinner, just so the tantrum can stop. There was more to that look than I could see on the surface. And unless Finn came clean, I'd never know what it was. I asked Reed what kind of relationship he thought was between the madam and Finn. He threw me a look, the ones you give people when they've asked a stupid question. He shrugged and said he didn't know and that he'd never asked. He's a straight talker, I'll give him that, but a complete roaster. Reed's obviously someone, like Finn, who knows more about things than I do. It was possible he knew something about the madam and Finn. I didn't know what I was expecting, even if he knew I didn't think he'd tell me. I changed the subject to save one of us losing her temper. My next query was if he'd known the madam before knew. This one I actually got an answer to, although in hindsight I didn't think I really wanted it. He confirmed he'd heard her, and that everyone has, but that he'd never met her in person before the day he'd come into the shop. Apparently, his parents used to say, you know there's a problem when you have to go and visit the antique shop. I tried to laugh off the growing feeling of queasiness in my stomach by asking why be afraid of visiting her when she wasn't a dentist. The way his face contorted into genuine surprise wasn't making me feel any better. It was the jagged sense of triumph he had that irritated me. Usually, know nothing, do you? No one ever knows what our price is going to be. I mean, she's a, but he was cut off, by Finn's bark, telling him that was enough, before calling him a mongrel. I've heard some colourful insults in my time, but that's a first. This instantly got a reaction at E. Reed, who told the Irishman to stop calling him that. Finn warned that it wasn't his place to be teaching me about things, as if I wasn't standing right there. I presume by his irritation that the madam was the only one supposed to be giving me answers, but at this point I'll take them for anywhere. To my disappointment, Reed did as he was bid and never said another word and disappeared further into the shop, sulking like a wee bear. Finn came over to me, his disarming smile plastered on his face. That man can go for anger to charm so fast, I'm starting to believe he's got more problems than debt. What he said to me next made me sure of it. He told me to no let the fox bother me. This caught my attention for more than just that it's a strange sentence. I've been staring at the fox's head on my ring for weeks now. Knowing he had a captive audience, he leaned on the counter, smirking like he was the only one in the world in on a joke. The cogs in my head started turning, and I began to realise that coincidences were thin on the ground these days. No. I drew the word out in a breath, shaking my head simultaneously. That couldn't be. That was impossible. Through the sceptical frown drawing my eyebrows together to the doubtful tone, Finn gave me a satisfied chuckle. After all of the things you've seen, you don't believe a man can be a fox? That seemed like an entirely different question, to be honest, but I kept that to myself. I answered that I'd seen all of those things. I'd never seen Reed's tail, perky ears or remember him walking about on all fours. At least, no in front of me. Turns out Reed's a shapeshifter. A shapeshifter. I mean, fucking hell. My life's turned into one of those shitty American teen dramas about werewolves and vampires and all of that bollocks. Except we're no all shagging each other. Finn explained that shapeshifter was the most accurate word, but it wasn't quite the same. I'm glad he didn't give me more details. I'm having trouble swallowing that as it is. What I'm no having trouble swallowing is this wine. It prompted me to ask if Reed is meant to be a... a fox. Then what was Finn? Higher up the food chain was all the answer I got, paired with a toothy grin. His joy was soon wiped for his face when the front door to the shop blew open, literally, we wintry howling gales trying to bowl us over and take everything in the shop away it. It felt like someone had placed a nuclear-powered wind machine in front of the shop and switched it on. I honestly thought the windies were going to blow in. Anything that wasn't a way down went flying, and there was a painful cacophony of noises from the wooden door banging against a cupboard, to the manic flutter of loose papers sailing through the air, and the inevitable crashes of china figurines and plates being hurled onto the floor. I hit the ground. I was already standing behind the counter, so at least any large objects would be less likely to hit me on the heat. The rest of the gang would just have to fend for themselves. Time felt like it slowed. The atmosphere around me became a vacuum. It went deafening to complete silence, so quick I thought I'd burst my eardrums. After a few seconds of continued calm, I decided to peek over the counter, and really wished I hadn't. It was like a special effect you see in action films. Things were still moving, but it was in slow motion. Pieces of paper, small coins, a lace glove or two were all mid-air. But the air was acting more like thick treacle. I was moving fine. I slowly began to stand up, but felt no pressure, no difficulty. I could still breathe fine. Even though it felt like the atmosphere had vanished and the laws of gravity abandoned. Finn was right where I'd left him standing, and Reed appeared for one of the pads, and both were looking towards the front door. I really didn't want to look, and thought for a moment he'd just making a break for the private door. But curiosity won out. Through the bits of paper and debris hanging mid-air was a tall, dark-haired woman walking through the door of the shop. Her stormy grey eyes examined each one of us in turn, as though we were prime cuts of meat at a butcher. If her sudden appearance and ominous look didn't give me enough cause for concern, Finn and Reed had gone so stiff he'd have thought someone had shoved something up their arses. I decided, if they looked scared, this woman was not a joke, or a customer. It's difficult to explain this woman, A wee partier, a very wee one, reminded me of Norna. But rather than my boss's calm, velvety demeanour and voice, the new addition to the shop was pure random chaos. Her clothes were well fitted, but in a clashy colours. Her dark chocolate hair was smooth but bluntly cut. Her gaze lingered on Finn. And her tightly set mouth curled up into a wicked smile. Ah, Finn, I didn't think to find you here. My understanding was that your relationship with Norna had come to an end. She goaded cruelly. Everything about this woman was harsh, her presence in the shop jarring. It probably didn't help that time had stopped Arundas. Objects making their painfully slow way to their inevitable doom. It wasn't just the two roasters' reactions to this woman that made me realise she was dangerous. I could feel it, unpredictability. It oozed fear like electricity or gas via a broken pipe. It felt like there was nothing she wouldn't do. A complete fucking psycho. It was the look in her eye The glinty carelessness I've never seen such deed eyes So lacking in anything remotely human This must be what mice feel like when there's a cat around Unbelievably, it got worse when she introduced these two lads According to her, they also had business in the shop They were nothing compared to her sardines beside a fucking shark they were well dressed in sharp black suits neatly combed back hair and complimentary ties to one another honestly they're what I imagine MI6 secret agents to look like I didn't know who they were or what business they had in the shop but they certainly were any customers and by the way Reed's face went sheet white I made a wild guess he'd something to do with them the strange woman made it clear that her business was first. She stepped further into the shop, staring Finn Dune like a god to a mortal, and announced she was here to see Madam Norna. Although she called her just by the name Norna. I've never heard anyone refer to my boss that way, no even Finn. In my opinion, this implied a personal connection between this fresh new cycle and the absent madam. I didn't know what possessed me to speak. I really didn't. But it's no like doing reckless things is a new thing for me. I informed the stranger that she wasn't here and that she'd return in a few days. I'm honestly surprised I never turned to stone after the look she gave me. The heat fled my body. And I had to dig my nails so hard into my palms to stop my legs from shaking, I can still see the marks there. You must be the apprentice, she exclaimed with sarcastic surprise, flashing some teeth. How sweet, but I didn't come to play with children. I, I replied. I actually fucking replied to this. We, no only to insult people. This went down like a lead balloon, and her feral grin dampened. She muttered, loud enough for everyone to hear. It was just like Nourna to agree to take someone like me. Why do people keep referring to me like that? What does that phrase even mean? Needless to say, I was irked, and ended up asking her who she was. This got a cackle so piercing I'm sure I'll have nightmares about it in the future. Considering we were suspended in silence, this sinister laugh of hers shot straight through everyone like a bullet. You don't know who I am? Marvellous. And she left the shop to you in her absence? Oh dear, she must be going senile after all these years. My name is Madame Honora, and we'll be seeing a lot of each other over the coming decades. First things first, what a cow. Secondly, what is up with all these women calling themselves Madam? I honestly thought my boss used it to boost her mystique. You know, seem more knowledgeable, that kind of shite. But knew this strange woman was claiming it too the fuck is going on here? It's always more questions with that shop, never answers. I didn't even want to start on what she meant by decades. I wore my confusion like makeup, and she liked this, being the one with all the power. You must be very new to this. But you already have yourself a familiar, I see. A small piece of advice. Don't repeat the mistakes of your teacher. Intimacy with familiars is never a good thing. Finn can tell you all about that. She certainly didn't like Finn, that was for sure. I dared a look at him, and understandably he was raging. This madam and Nora just didn't care. She was going to say and do what she liked, causing the most amount of pain. Every word out of her mouth was barbed. And since Reed and I were strangers, the only person she could personally insult was Finn. He let her get away with the first one, but he wasn't about to let a second go by, and he barked that she wasn't welcome. Even I flinched at his tone. The tension was quickly rising, and I felt in my bones that this situation was going to very quickly get out of hand. And what was worse was that there was nothing I could do. When Madame Honora's gaze concentrated again on me, I knew nothing good was coming. She gave me a smile, possibly meant to be endearing but just turned out creepy as fuck. She told me I shoulda been her apprentice and that she'd never keep me in the dark as Norna was doing. I didn't know why I thought pissing her off was a smart move. But I said I was glad I wasn't her apprentice, as I'd hate to go through life with no one ever being glad to see me. She understandably wasn't happy about this, and whatever friendliness, if you could call it that, disappeared quickly. Finn, as stupid as I was, bluntly told her to leave, as no one wanted her in the shop. He may also have called her a bitch, which I wasn't disagreeing with, but what she did next probably made him regret it. One minute, Finn was standing on the other side of the counter for me, within arm's reach. And the next, he flew through the air, back into the shop. The same treatment had been given to Reed, who'd disappeared again. The crash as they landed on more antiques wasn't he swallowed by the vacuum the shop had become. It wasn't a shortfall either. They'd been flung quite the way back. And landed on Christ's new wit. It wasn't a pillows, that's for sure. I couldn't move. How had she done that? She hadn't moved a finger or even twitched a muscle. I wanted to go and see if they were alright, but I couldn't. Every cell, muscle, bone, and droppy blood I was made of was screaming at me to run. And all I could do was stand there. Like the world's biggest numpty. The two lads who'd come in we're began to protest, although they were so softly spoken that I couldn't make out what they were saying. She assured them that Reed wasn't hurt, and that she'd done them a favour by making them easier to apprehend. New. I'd been right. The two lads were connected to Reed's gang problems, the same problem he'd become ma familiar to escape fae. I didn't like read much, but we'd made a promise, and I keep my word. They began to move towards where he'd been flung, and I knew I had to stop them. But how? What was I supposed to do? I may be bold we words sometimes, but I couldn't go up against two full-grown men. I mean, they weren't scrawny and feel I knew they could have guns or knives hidden beneath the tailored black suits. I felt the ring on my pinky, the one I cannae take off, the one Reed had unceremoniously gi'en me, and thought about the fox's heed, and what Finn had said about it earlier. I shouted at the two stop, and warned them if they went near Reed, I'd make a winter coat o' their furs. Can you believe this made them hesitate? Both gazing at me, trying to see if I was bluffing or no. I noticed the same sparky fear in their eyes as the psycho in the club had all those weeks ago. They were about to think twice. Their fear of being made into clothing winning over whatever beef they had, we read. Then, Madame Honora ruined everything by goading them on, and telling me I wasn't powerful enough to do anything to them. Again, what a bitch? The two lads believed her, and to be honest, I see why. What had I done since their arrival, compared to the havoc she'd caused? I've never felt that helpless, that useless. Finn and Reed were in danger, we all were. And all I could do was stand there and watch as this complete cow came in and did what she liked to Ollie's. They were going to take Reed, and I didn't even want to think about what they'd do to him, and if he'd even survive it. Why hadn't he just become Madame Nornas familiar? Why had she practically forced me to do it? I couldn't even protect myself. How was I supposed to protect him? And the one person who'd helped me in the past was new lying on his back amongst the rubble of the antiques. Finn was no match fair either. The only person who was, wasn't he there? Why had she left? Where had she gone? Why wasn't she coming back? This was her shop. Finn was her friend. Reed was her client. And I was apparently her apprentice. It was like those times in the films when one of the characters is just waiting to be saved by the hero. And right up until the last minute you think they're going to appear and save the day. Except we were now past the last minute and there was no Madame Norna. But hold on here. Who am I? More importantly, who do I want to be? the helpless damsel waiting for a hero to save her. That's all I've been since starting in the shop. We Finns hound debt collectors with a stalker in the alleyway. I was always being saved. And I was sick of it. But that got me thinking. No one had saved me for the hounds. The madam had told me I'd done it myself. I'd wished they were gone. And then they were. So, I thought, May as well try it. And just like Dorothy, without the sparkly shoes, I wished my hardest that the shop would go back to normal, to how it was before Madame and Nora and the gang members had blown in. We Finn and Reed bickering, we Kronos lounging on the counter, giving me strange looks, and the bell above the door poised to make a sound when a customer came in. Like someone had turned a page in a pop-up book. The chaos collapsed around me. The items and trinkets suspended in the air returned to their original place. The loose papers found their pile, and the door settled into its frame. Gravity returned, along with the atmosphere. Madame Honora and her two pals had gone, and just as I'd wished, the shop was back to normal. I glanced around, wide-eyed. No really believing it. You'd have thought nothing happened. The only thing to prove it had was Finn and Reed still collapsed and piled on the floor somewhere in the shop. I ducked under the counter, giving the front door a cautious glance in case the bitch should return, and went to find the two roasters. Where they'd landed was the only place in the shop my wish hadn't cleaned up. I helped them both up and checked they weren't seriously injured. Dazed, but unharmed. At least there was no blood. I tried to make a joke. It seemed like the only thing I was able to do. I laughed, but it was hollow. And here I am, drowning myself in cheap wine, trying to make sense of what happened. I'm beginning to believe there's no such thing as sense in my life any more. I didn't even know what's going on, who or what Madame Onora is, or when she'll be back, and didn't even get me started on the two gang members who left without their poundy flesh. What about Madame Norna? Where was she when we all needed her? When is she coming back? I somehow fended off enemies today. But what about tomorrow, or the day after, or the day after? How could she leave Ollie that to me, the one person who doesn't know what's going on? But it's fine. I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. Oh, bloody hell, that was a long episode. Jesus. Oh, the things I have to put up with. And I had to dig my nails so hard into my palms to stop my... Shit. To stop my legs... <laughs> Oh no. To stop my legs. No. No alcohol was consumed during the making of this episode. I think. Thank you for listening to episode 9 of The Antique Shop. Episode 10 will be released next Thursday. Uh, Just uh, another few reminders in case you missed last week's episode or you didn't make it to the end. Uh, After episode 10, there'll be a short hiatus of three weeks until episode 11. And in those three weeks, I'll be releasing some Q&A Episodes. so if you have any questions to ask me about the podcast or anything else really then please go to twitter or facebook and there are threads there where you can ask your questions or you can email me at ghostly.thistle at gmail.com with your questions instead thank you so much for listening and i hope you tune in next week